What's going on? Oh man, I messed it up. We're gonna, we're gonna restart that. Well, let's just let's go right back into it. Hey, hey, it's May. Jerry, the TR expert, Washington. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's me. I'm over here at General Fitness Company Studio. Today is May second, and it's Monday. It's 2022. It's the first episode of May. Feeling pretty solid about this one. If you probably look at your calendar, you can probably see that I we went in depth on this particular episode. Why? Because well. Actually, some this was a, a a listener question. One of the people that listened to this uh, this podcast was asking me about this uh, whole dead butt syndrome and uh, the use it or lose it, and I had some answers for him. And we started to kind of going about talking about massage and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I kind of looked into massage, and I was really curious about uh, like how massage works. You know, because we all know that you feel good after a massage. Uh, but what exactly is the benefit for you if you're if you're working out or if you're not working out or if you have just have soreness? Uh, I, I answer these questions today as well as uh, give you some hints and tricks as to how you can help yourself uh, be a little bit stronger, you know, just uh, doing things that will help you be more uh, healthy. But for the most part, I gave you a, a general breakdown of what massage therapy is all about, its history, and what benefits come from massages. And some of these benefits actually might be uh, quite surprising. And I'm also going to bust a few myths about uh, massage therapy because uh, there's a lot of nonsense going on out there about what massage therapy can, can do for you. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know, we're going to give you the lowdown on massage therapy. I'm personally a believer in it. Uh, but there are some things that you probably want, might want to <laughs> hear before you jump wholeheartedly into massage therapy. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get it underway. Season nine, episode 45. We'll call this one Heal Yourself. Let go! All right, here we go. I'm feeling all pro today because I got a new microphone. I'm excited about that. I got a new microphone because I want to be fancy. No, I'm just kidding. No, I actually got a new microphone because of the fact that uh, the company that I produce these podcasts through, Anchor, is actually now has a video capability. And you know, as this being a, a video, or excuse me, being a fitness podcast, uh, it's important sometimes to see what I'm talking about when I'm talking about specific exercises that you can execute that will help benefit you. Now, unfortunately, with this episode, I do not have video, uh, but keep your eyes peeled, you know, be on the lookout for these episodes coming up soon. I'll be having some videos to demonstrate exact things that I'm talking about in these episodes. So 
This particular episode is not one of those episodes that I said, but we're going to be talking about fitness. I normally try to leave the fitness on Wednesdays, but I was just so amped up and ready to roll on this one, I couldn't help myself. So we'll be talking about massage today, and I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, the history of massage and talk about the touch, and we're just going to get right into this, you know. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this is because I just found it so intriguing. I looked looked into it after my last episode about... Uh, use it or lose it, right? And that dead butt syndrome. And the dead butt syndrome kind of sent me down a little rabbit hole thinking about you know, how can you better prevent these things from happening. Obviously, the best way to prevent dead butt syndrome, aka gluteal amnesia, where your butt forgets how to move, and the best way to do that is essentially just to move. You know, something as simple as standing up and sitting down from your chair uh, three times a day for 10 reps a day or 10 reps each set can you know it can be very beneficial so uh it's i just thought about that and said hey that's really really interesting and i think about like how people can how somebody like yourself can help heal yourself without having to see like a personal trainer or having to go as far as you know uh going to a doctor you know what kind of thing kind of things uh can we do uh that are not so intense or intensive uh, that may not need to be like, you know, a six-week regimen or whatnot, just something maybe you can do every once in a while, or maybe something that you can do on your own uh, for yourself on a relatively uh, consistent basis. But first, I wanted to look into massage and look into, like, why is it that something that is such a booming industry? Why do so many people believe that it's so beneficial? So uh, first, you got the history of massage, you know? Uh, and I look deep into this. And actually, obviously, you know, a massage dates back to, uh, to like uh, the ancient China, Chinese uh, dynasties or whatnot, where people were, you know, trying to do these uh, colloquial massages. I don't know if colloquial is the right word for that, but people were essentially trying to do, they were just trying to, you know, make each other feel better, I guess, so, so to speak. Uh, but the, the first... Um, the, the first actual emergence of uh, massage as a profession actually came to the United States in the 1700s. Uh, it was uh, during the colonial times, and surgeons, you know, this is uh, not too long after the advent, advent of surgery in America in the 1700s, uh, these surgeon assistants actually, uh, they, were, they were usually women, they were referred to as, as rubbers, <laughs> which is kind of weird, uh, but they were referred to rubbers like, you know, rub, rubbers of people, not like, you know, the material rubber. But anyways, uh, they actually were, they, they were utilized for, you know, uh, for uh, joint movement and mobility and, and treatment of people that maybe had like some issues with their legs. A lot of time that was a thing is that they helped people that were kind of lame in their movement, as they say, and they couldn't move their legs. So they had these rubbers after uh, the surgery to kind of get the blood flow. I mean, that wasn't what they were, they didn't know anything about that from my, from what I gathered uh, through my research. They just knew that uh, for some reason this helped people uh, after the massages. So that was something that became kind of big for, it ran its course for about 150 years. And shortly, you know, you know, 150 years, quote-unquote, shortly, but in the, uh, about in the 1850s or so, a fellow by the name of, uh, <laughs> try saying that, his name is P-E-H-R, so I'm saying, I'm going to think his name is Pear, but his name is Pear Heinrich, Heinrich, Pear Heinrich Ling, 
And uh, he actually brought uh, a little bit of science into this whole methodology uh, with his understanding of health and physiology uh, that he got from the uh, Royal Central Institute in Sweden. And uh, his method actually became, uh, eventually became what's uh, currently known as uh, Swedish massage. And it's not exactly the same, like what with our, our modern Swedish massage is a little bit different, uh, but this is initially uh, like uh, the first iteration of Swedish massage. So, they, so it, was, uh, it, was like, it wasn't until about the, the 1880s. So this, guy, this, guy, this, uh, this guy's method of Swedish massage was kind of the main thing here in America as well as uh, around Europe. And um, it wasn't until about, like I said, the 1880s uh, when, you know, mostly affluent women, I don't know what the connection here is uh, with that. Maybe it was just because those are the people that, you know, mostly, most of the time write history, but it was mostly affluent women. Uh, they were diagnosed with like something that's kind of like a mild depression. And that it was actually, it was called, uh, let me see if I can get this for you, uh, neurasth neurasthenia. Yeah, I think I did that right. Neurasthenia. And that was essentially the precursor for the current model of massage that we see today. So, you know, there's a lot of evolution, you know, like uh, massages were definitely, uh, for a long time they existed, people knew that they were beneficial, uh, but they didn't really become a profession until the 1700s when, sur when surgery came into play and people started realizing that, uh, you know, women actually uh, at a necessity because women couldn't technically have jobs, you know, they had, they couldn't have jobs that weren't inside the home unless they were these rubbers. I mean, I, I probably other had other jobs, but this is like a main source of income for uh, quite a few women. So thanks women for helping massage become a mainstream thing. Uh, so it, I, I thought it was kind of interesting to see the, the, the history of massage. I really thought that it was something that was like a, lo a lot longer ago that existed. You know, 1700s, I feel like is relatively recent history in the grand scheme of things. You know, if you think about if these people were doing stuff in the ancient, you know, dynasties in China or whatnot, you know, how is it that it was like 1700 years until like it was, you know, probably even more than that because I think, you know, they have these BC uh, dynasties. So, you know, even more than 1700 years, maybe 30, you know, maybe even 3000 years before even became a profession. So that's kind of wild. Uh, but there are benefits. And I, I actually looked, uh, looked this up and saw that there's, you know, we, obviously we, we all know that you feel good, but what actually are the scientific benefits that you feel better and, you know, you're, you're just, you move better after a massage. But uh, it also, human touch can also decrease disease. Uh, a University of North Carolina study f uh, found that uh, women who hug their spouse or their partner frequently, even for just 20 seconds, uh, they showed that they had lower blood pressure, uh, possibly because uh, the warm embrace increases the levels of oxytocin in the brain and if you know, if you're familiar with the uh, hormones and uh like something like stuff like serotonin norepinephrine stuff like that uh, oxytocin is what's called the love hormone and it's essentially uh what uh is shared between a mother and child uh shortly upon birth uh after birth and it's something that we release when we're in love uh, so oxytocin is a very important chemical it's not as it's kind of hard to come by uh, 
especially in this day and age seems like everybody's a hater but anyways <laughs> so yeah oxytocin is uh, it's a very beneficial hormone uh, it's just not something that we uh, release as much as uh as as uh as much as uh, cortisol which is a stress hormone which seems to be something that we all uh especially with <laughs> given that we're in a pandemic uh, are releasing on a pretty consistent basis. And that's the cortisol. If you're not familiar, that is what's responsible for your fight or flight response. And, uh, for the most part, from what I've seen, at least from, uh, just society in general and some of my clients as well, is like a lot of them, uh, kind of getting this stuck, stuck in this fight or flight response. And it's not because they're, you know, aggressive or they're scared people. It's because they have lives that are fill, filled with stress. And so it's important to have these like things that you can like turn to that will help you relieve these relieve the stress. And instead of having this slow poison drip of cortisol, you maybe replace that with some uh, some good loving from oxyto- uh, oxytocin. Uh, so yeah, I mean. Um, there be there's a lot of immune benefits you know there's uh, another one i saw that was uh women uh with stages one and two breast cancer given 30 minute massages uh three times a week uh for five weeks and at the end of the study the women had lower depression and hostility levels and increased urinary levels of serotonin dopamine and natural killer cells as well as lymphocytes so essentially uh their immunity increase simply from massages so that's actually a, a really cool thing right you don't have to i mean it's probably still good to take drugs or at least to prescribe drugs for a cancer treatment uh, but on the same note there's also uh, natural ways that you can help yourself in uh, increasing your immunity so why do massages work that's a good question right it's like why do they work everybody kind of gets an idea of like all right well uh, touch makes you feel better, but <laughs> why is that that touch makes you feel better? And it's essentially because, well, we don't know. <laughs> it's really, it's true, actually. We don't know exactly why massages work. We know that they work, but we don't know why they work. But the leading theory on why massages work is essentially the you're, you get knots, right? You know, you get knots in your muscles and stuff like that, those little hard spots. And essentially those hard spots, what, you know, there's two prevailing theories. One is that it's a, it's a, um, it is a tightened muscle or contracted muscle that's essentially stuck in that contraction state. And the other one is that it's an inflate, inflamed nerve ending. Um, I tend to believe that it's more so the contracted muscle because it just feels like a contracted muscle. <laughs> you don't really feel like a nerve ending, but you know, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so, eh, and nobody knows what it really is, so I'm gonna say this is what I think it is, and that's gonna be the truth for me. <laughs> but yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's, uh, we believe, it's believed that it's uh, the, in, the blood flow, what, when you actually rub those muscles, those contracted muscles, it increases the blood flow. Like, it manipulates the, the, the vessels and it gets like blood pumping through that muscle. And so it improves your circulation. And that improvement in circulation, now they say at least with these there's some studies that have showed have shown that like pre massage and post massage on those on those knots that they've increased two to three times uh in their blood flow content. So uh, you know 
a massage is good for getting blood flow in there. So that's why for me, it makes sense that it's a contracted muscle and that blood flow actually helps that muscle uncontract, <laughs> relax. Uh, but why, right? Now that's, that still doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I'm going to give you the, uh, the layman's terms answer. I think this is the easiest way to look at it. You think of your muscles like a sponge. Not all, I mean, hopefully they're not like real sponges <laughs> over here like SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, but you think of your muscles like a sponge. And they you know, essentially have these pumps that pump in fluid and pump out fluid. But sometimes they can get contracted. We know for you know, maybe trauma or you know, minor trauma, you know, obviously with exercise or something like that. Uh, or you know, it could be actual you know, emotional trauma. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, that's kind of what the basis of Swedish massage was, is that it wasn't just a physical thing, but it was also a, a whole body thing. So it was, uh, it, uh, the way I look at it is just that once you get all that blood flow out of there, the muscle has nothing to pump. So it gets stuck in this contracted phase. And by touching it or manipulating it, you can get the blood flow back in there and that super small ball turns back into a, like a flaccid sponge. So that's, that's my theory. And I mean, obviously that's not uh, my own theory. That is something that is shared by a few people. Actually, as I, I kind of, <laughs> it's not exactly how they say, but I think that's really what's going on is essentially that, you know, your, your muscles are contracted. That's something that everybody agrees. And when you have a knot, and uh, the diff discrepancy is essentially whether it's a nerve or a contracted muscle. And I'm just telling you that I, that contracted muscle is essentially uh, lack of blood flow because science says that once you massage that, that knot, those knots, you get more blood flow. So, you know, by process deduction, I would say that, you know, once that, once, once whatever is maintaining that blood flow in the muscle starts to deplete because of, uh, trauma, the only way you can fix that trauma or to get that muscle to start firing again is uh, with, you know, massage, touch. And so I, I just want to talk about this real quick too. It's like, so touch. A lot of people think that the harder you put into a muscle or push into a muscle, the more response that you'll get. Now, essentially, like if you have a knot, if you push into that knot really hard, uh, that muscle will uh, release. And unfortunately, that's not exactly true. That's not exactly how it works. Uh, the way I think of it is like with foam rolling. A lot of people with foam rolling, they roll to the point of pain. And I've talked about that before. Like you shouldn't roll to the point of pain. That's just, it doesn't make sense. And the reason why that is, is very simple. It's because you have in your body, you have not only uh, pain sensors, but you also have pressure sensors. And the pressure sensors are actually more lo uh, locally situated and they're more insulated, so, and not to mention that they're longer. So what happens is that, um, well, let's put it this way. Think about if you like bang your knee or you bang your arm on something. What's your first reaction? Your first reaction is to grab it, right? Like you bang your knee, you're like, oh, my knee, you grab your knee. Or your first reaction is uh, when you bang your arm is uh, you, or you grab your arm and you hold it, you know? Um, and that's just a natural instinct. And the, the studies show that essentially what happens is that 
because you have these pressure sensors uh, that are more that are more locally situated as well as insulated as well as uh, uh, longer than your pain receptors or pain uh, sensors that pressure that you experience actually kind of floods the, the receptors they flood those pain receptors uh, in your brain so when you hit your knee that pain isn't going to go to your brain as fast as that grabbing of that of that area so what happens that grabbing of the area sends that pressure signal up to your brain and it floods the system not entirely because you obviously you can't there's no way you can grab it and grab something enough to like eliminate pain altogether uh, but what it does it just decreases the amount of sense uh, sensation uh, so yeah it's you know it's it's good to have some kind of pressure uh, but you don't want to have too much pressure because that too much pressure uh, it contracts the muscle even further and you get more of a uh, you get more of a of that contraction response that you're trying to avoid, uh, so you don't want to put too much pressure, and that's why I was, and that's why I think about with foam rolling. A lot of people they just kind of roll themselves into oblivion, and that actually makes the whole situation worse. You know, they can get you can get more inflammation in that area, and you know, although inflammation is a sign that you know there's blood flow going in there, you don't want too much blood going in there because then you have some other issues. Uh, so, yeah, when it comes to foam rolling, the best thing to think about is that instead of like trying to push through the pain, is to you know go gently. You know, kind of think think of err on the side of caution or err on the side of gentleness, uh, rather than trying to push yourself into pain because you know pain again is just going to pretty much counteract what you're trying to do and make your muscles contract even more. So I want to talk a, a little bit about one or two myths that uh, people talk about with massage. So uh, one huge one that I actually believed myself uh, until recently when I looked this stuff up, when I started doing some research, is uh, with lactase. Uh, I used to have these lactate workouts, uh, and they were crazy workouts. So it was essentially workouts. I used to do these lactate workouts during track season back in college, but I remember those were my least favorite workouts because they just had that, oh, you have that burning that just builds up into your muscles. And the goal was essentially to build that up in your muscles uh, so that you can have uh, a lactate threshold. You want to increase your lactate threshold. Essentially, you want to decrease your sensitivity to lactate and you want to be able to perform with more lactate in your muscles. What we used to do after that, after we got, uh, after we did our lactate workouts, was we would have, uh, we would get massages because apparently, uh, from our understanding at the time, a massage would uh, release that lactate from your system. So you would, uh, you know, you, when you get a massage, it rubs out all those toxins and the waste that it's in your muscles, including lactate. Uh, so I always thought I felt better at, after the massages, and that might be the case, but it wasn't because it was flushing out lactate or, or waste or toxins. There's a lot, a lot of studies that show that, you know, that have been sh that proven, essentially, that, uh, that this is not the case. Uh, and... and the main, I guess, verifier or prover of this whole whole scenario is that there are people that are born without uh, the ability to produce lactate, and 
as, as I described before, lactate is essentially that stuff that burns your muscles. You know, you think about like after your workout, even days after your workout, that that feeling of uh, delayed onset muscle soreness is is normally equated to lactate. Uh, but that's not the case, actually. Uh, it's, it's shown that lactate is actually leaves your system relatively quickly. Uh, once it's in, it's, it's very, it's forced, <laughs> it's, erode, it's uh, more or less forced out. So that's not the case that, you're lac that it's uh, flushing lactate out of your system because the lactate is long gone unless you're somehow like massaging yourself while exercising, which is kind of weird. Uh, so that's not the case. What's really happening or what they believe is happening is uh, not that you're flushing lactate out, but more so that you're stimulating uh, those, those like, like I was talking about before, the oxytocin, the serotonin, you're increasing your serotonin levels. So it's not necessarily that you're eliminating a toxin or waste from your muscles, but you're actually increasing your, your, your pleasure levels in your body, those pleasure hormones in your body. So it actually, uh, instead of like pushing out the toxins, what it does is just flood your minds with happy, your, your mind with happiness. So you feel those uh, micro tears in your muscles, those traumas, those mini traumas in your muscles less. So uh, another one, uh, we're going to finish it off, this off here, is uh, water. Now, everybody talks about drinking water after a massage, again, because of the lactate flushing and stuff like that. Uh, but as I said before, uh, we pretty much disprove that there's anything that lingers in your muscles after a massage. Essentially, your body just kind of does its job. It finds stuff that's not supposed to be there and just pushes it out. It doesn't, let, it doesn't really let stuff sit around. That's not how the body works. Uh, unless you have some kind of dysfunction, but most people, I mean, that's a dysfunction. Otherwise, it would be, <laughs> if that was the case all the time, it would not be a dysfunction. It would be uh, how it normally works. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess what, uh, what I'm saying here is it doesn't really matter how much water you drink after your, after your massage. I mean, your body's just going to do what it, what it does. Obviously, it's good to just drink water in the first place in general because uh, it's just good to drink water, uh, but it's not in any way going to help you recover uh, uh, faster from your massage or is it going to help you get less sore uh, later on down the road. It's just a good, healthy thing to do. So you should just drink water in general, but if you're already drinking water, don't you know try to think about you know, drinking excess water to flush anything out. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's essentially uh, what I wanted to talk about today. Just massage, like uh, wh what massage can do for you, uh, how you can heal yourself. And it's, like I said, it's really simple. I mean, rubbing yourself helps, not in that way, but rubbing yourself helps, you know, just uh, if you, as I was saying before, you bump your knee or you bump your arm or something like that, uh, applying pressure can help. Uh, if you're putting uh, too much pressure, it can contract your muscles and that's not a good thing. You have a counterintuitive or counteractive uh, effect going on there. Uh, also, I, I didn't actually talk about this, but uh, too little pressure is not good either. Uh, that's more like that sensual touch. That's not good for like a massage either. Maybe it's good for feeling good, uh, but it's not necessarily good for, uh, for massage. Uh, what it actually elicits is, a, uh, is an excitatory response. So what essentially, like the goal of massage is try to relax the muscles so we can kind of release and 
and not be so over overactive because essentially why you get like tight muscles is that it's overactive uh but if you do that if you have that sensual touch on something that's already overactive uh you're just going to do kind of the same thing as if you're uh putting too much pressure on that muscle it's going to get overly excited and it's going to be even harder uh to release it's going to be harder for that those those knots to get out so it's important to yeah obviously stay active that's the best thing that you can do uh you, there's it's 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 impossible to keep up with massage from what I've uh, read is that pretty much every even massage therapist say that your massage is not going to last much longer than three days. So uh, if you can try to get as many in as you can, but if you obviously can't afford to go to a massage therapist or don't have time to go to a massage therapist three times a week, uh, your best bet is just to do something like a self massage. Obviously, it's not as beneficial as a regular massage, but like, you know, stuff like foam rolling, uh, stuff that is like crunches, anything that is like pressure. Any uh, Pressure is important. That's like the whole thing here is that manipulation is more or less pressure. And the more often, not the more pressure you can put on, but the more often you can put pressure onto your muscles, the happier they are. So essentially, the more you can exercise, the happier your muscles will be. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about more volume or more duration in uh, each exercise routine. Uh, what I'm talking about is just uh, more consistency. You know, your muscles just feel happier if you're constantly having some pressure put on them. Crunches can feel good on your back because even though you're working your abs, you're putting pressure on your back into the, the mat, the surface that you're uh, doing crunches on. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good way to end this episode. I think I gave you quite a few tidbits and a little information to take back home on your massage. Like I, like I said, foam rolling is a good thing. Just don't hurt yourself. Don't go to the point of pain. Uh, don't go to the point of uh, like you know pre- pleasure in the sense that you know you're trying to do a sensual sensual touch. You want to find something somewhere in the middle. You don't want to hurt yourself, but you also don't want to excite yourself too much because. Essentially, the goal is of your massage is to release the muscle so that you can get blood flow going back to that particular part of your body. All right. So, yep, that does it for my day. I feel like pretty strong with the start. I can't wait to listen back to this with my new microphone and see how it turns out. I do appreciate you listening. Uh, feel free to leave some ratings and reviews or ask any questions. If you want some topics, maybe that I can talk about for you to maybe open up some stuff or light, uh, you know, shed some light on some things. Uh, I was talking about the, the dead butt syndrome and and I was talking about the uh, use it or lose it in the last episode. Uh, but this did come up from a uh, someone that listens uh, to the podcast. It wasn't like one of those that was posted up, but somebody that listens to the podcast was actually uh, talking to this about talking to me about this, and they were actually wondering about massage, and then they were telling me about something they read, and I was I was kind of curious and looked into it. So yeah, I mean, uh, any way you can, I would really appreciate you to uh, you know give me some ideas to help you. Uh, live a healthier life because you know I'm not, I'm not living in your world but if you can give me some uh, some feedback on what you're willing to or what you're interested in or what you're curious about I'd be uh, more than happy to uh, put in some work and help you understand a little bit more about physical fitness 
and of course mental fitness all right so yeah that's what we got here for today i will check you later uh this was a, a pretty decent size episode we're gonna ch- chunk it down a little bit and see what happens but in the meantime uh, again i do appreciate you listening i hope you listen every time i put a new episode out and you can do that simply by subscribing to this podcast i'll check you later and as always keep good company <laughs>